to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. I had to pause there for a second because I've got too many podcasts, and sometimes I will say the wrong one in introductions, but it's okay. I got the right one this time. So this week's episode, I'm actually having a guest on that I've been wanting to have on for a long time, and I've had a few people ask me about this guest, and you know, just it just happened upon this week. It was like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's get an episode going. Like, I'm thinking like in three weeks or something. It was like, well, I'm free this weekend. Yeah. Like, hey, let's do it. So this guest um, that I'm going to have on today is actually my neighbor and one of my jiu-jitsu teammates and a good friend, Jose Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, Jose. How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for doing this. It's like, it's just funny because when I'm driving home from work, I go over to speed bump and I look over. I'm like, I got to reach out to Jose, try to get him on the show. And then sure enough, you text me to, or message me on Instagram. I was like, yeah, man, just come on the show. Yeah, like, you let's you do be this. tunnel vision in that car. I'd be sitting there sometimes like, mm. oh, dude. <laughs> on by. You know, when the end of the day is, I'm just like, just get home, get home, get right. home. I'm hungry. Right. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm happy to have you on, um, and just sit down and talk and chill. Like, we've been talking for a while before anyway. So <laughs> at this point it's like, shit, we have already recorded. Like we've already talked a podcast right, at this point. We should have started recording 45 minutes ago, right? That's a fact. <laughs> I, I need to get better at that. It's all good. Those are, those are the best times uh, when they're organic. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's why, like I have notes, but I don't really use notes. We just talk, and then if it gets to like a kind of this weird point, it's like, so um, <laughs> you like cantaloupes, <laughs> like, shit like that. Sure. Like, I was like, I, I fucking hate cantaloupes, yo. <laughs> fucking gross. So, but what's been going on with you? Like, um, like you still training? Or? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I haven't been training as much as I wanted to. Um, last probably six months or so. If I, if I do the math quickly in my head, um, September, I, um kind of blew my shoulder out a little bit um shoulder neck injury for training for masters worlds but um a little rehab a little medication a little no. uh resting you know I'm, I'm back into at least um two to two to three days a week right now so nice happy to be back good yeah. good feeling stronger than ever <laughs> that, dude, you've always been the strongest person in the fucking gym man <laughs> not anymore like, though <laughs> i remember one of the first times i rolled with you and i was like dude i'm strong and like you got that Kamora grip on me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the the sweats, like the bullets, the sweat start rolling down. I'm like, oh no. You know, you know the funny thing about speaking about Kamoras, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. I actually stopped doing Kamoras for like two years. I was doing them everywhere all the time, and mm-hmm. I, and then I was like, you know what? Let me stop. Let me let me expand my jujitsu and start learning new things. And I was like, I, I'm not gonna go for it or whatever. I might just tease it, and then um. I was getting my ass beat for for a while, for a while, and then so I started learning new things, and then um, I don't know about a good a good uh, two years or so afterwards, I uh, just started feeling right again, and you know, finding them everywhere. Well, when you start implementing more stuff into your game, and yeah. then bring your Kimura back, because you're the one that I got that uh, that tip from, because I remember um, we were rolling, 
and you're basically saying, look, this Kimura grip is your lifesaver. <laughs> you get this grip and you never let it go. And there's a, a bit of a detriment to it at times because yeah, yeah. I would hold on to it when people start countering it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not letting go. Yeah, wrong time. But wrong it hurts. Time. Yes. <laughs> but Jose said don't let go. <laughs> um, well, but I'm glad you're back, back though. Good. Absolutely. But, you know, they say um, what what's, gets you to where you're at um, in the early stages is not, it will be a hindrance in the future stages, you know, so. Yeah. You know, definitely let go <laughs> when appropriate. I, I had to learn that the hard way. And then even this week, I, had, I actually didn't realize I had that Kamara grip on somebody. I was like, I'm sitting there holding it. And it was your wife in bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's happened before. You know, like, you know, when you're cuddling, you know, you're the big spoon. Yeah. And you reach over, you grab the wrist. And then <laughs> you reach under and grab your, your own wrist. And then it's like. Yeah, she thinks you're cuddling. We're just doing jujitsu yeah. really, really slow. It's like, like, look, I'm just trying to make sure my technique is all right. Hold on. It's like I got to switch grips here. Then all of a sudden you like you slide down to the ankle. She's like, well, "Like, what are you doing?" Oh, you know, I haven't had a foot massage in a while. <laughs> you can think that. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why is my knee hurt? Why are you not tapping? <laughs> um, yeah, I always say it's like it's like when I'm training, I'm like, yeah, I don't see anybody anymore. But then it's like I'm like, you know, at one spot versus the other. And when I'm at one spot, everybody else is at the other spot, and then I keep yeah. flip flopping. No, that's, that's the joy of having multiple locations, you know, in close proximity to each other. You know, um, we have the best of all, all worlds. You know, you can go to Elkridge, you have, um, you know, Coach Julius, you know, the mastermind. Then you have like people like Coach Ty. Oh my God, you know, yeah. you know, of course, Keith at both. Um, Keith is like, um, you know, I. He probably will blush a little bit, but he's probably my, he is definitely one of my favorite coaches. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. as far as his dedication to his teammates, um, and then his overall development. You know, um, he cares for you in a in a rough way, <laughs> which is needed. <laughs> there are times when after class, we'll sit around. You know, we get in a circle and have a little mat chat. Yeah, and he'll say something, and. I don't feel like it's directly at me, but I feel like it's directly at me. And it's like, then I have to like check myself. It's like, I feel like he's sending a strong message to me. Like, quit being a bitch. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's <laughs> you know, every speech. I, matter of fact, that's what like, I love the speeches. Um, um, And some people say that jokingly. I really do. Because I, mm -hmm. I like, I marinate on them on the way home and things. But I feel like they're always custom to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then he always said, there's no one in the room. You know, mm -hmm. no good. <laughs> But I always feel like, yeah, damn. Like, I think that I yeah. think that's from me, though. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that advice. Well, it's like there was one day, because uh, the Wednesday morning class, it used to be an hour. Mm. Then I think they split the groups, white belts on one side and um, upper belts on the other. Okay. And upper belts, we do 90 minutes. Now, the thing is, you come in, you're there for the full 90. Yeah. Unless you say so beforehand. Right. And I've not stepped out early at all. I show up at 1130. I'm there until one, if not later. But he was saying, look, if you need to leave early, let me know before class. Right. Otherwise, if you tell me in the middle of class, I'm going to just think that's a strong case of bitch assness. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking like, is he talking about me? Like, I was like, but no, I didn't leave, did I? Like, no. But then... I started pushing harder. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Gonna call me out again. 
probably wasn't, but he has a way of of explaining the move where you will get it. And there's also kind of a tone that he uses where you may not understand it at first, but he doesn't make you feel dumb yeah. for not understanding. Oh, of course not. You know, and jujitsu is is um algebra, you know, as far as yeah. or you know, so sometimes it takes a little more um tenderness. So almost speaking in formula, you know. And yeah. so at least at least for me in, in my mind, um I always equate it to uh, like mathematics, you know, I, I struggled with math when I was younger. Um and Same here. And the thing is it after a while, you know, later down the road, you know, by the time you get to college and, and all, then you realize, well, at least I realized that it, it's um, it's about identifying the the equation and the formula that matches with it. And that's essentially um, jujitsu. You're in a situation, that's an, that's an equation. You're trying to equalize it, you know, and then you're trying to find, remember that formula because I'm in this position, you know, to, and this answers this equation. Boom. Yeah. Now we got the answer. And, and that's essentially what it is. But. I'm still not, I'm, I'm still not good at math. <laughs> nah, trust me, man. It, it's there. There are those moments where you get to a point you're like, "Yes, I got it. I got it. I know the yeah. answer." And then it's like, "I'm oh, I'm glad you know the answer because we we're about to change the questions." <laughs> right. Fuck. Right. That's like looking at a YouTube video of a move and then going to class. I'm gonna try that, and then, then you, you start off with situationals and you're like, "You're in mount." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, that, that, that wasn't part of the plan." Right, right. I remember um, back at Ivy League. What do we work on? Rolling Camoras, and I was like, "Okay." So to me, at that time, jujitsu still very new, and anything that I learned on the mat that day is something brand new. This is probably the first time we've ever seen this. This is being unveiled today to the world. <laughs> I remember we work on Rolling Camora. Now we're in live rolls, and um, I think it was Rodney. He, he wasn't there the previous class or something. I, I think this was uh, a Wednesday because I would come in Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. Okay. So he's there Wednesday night. I'm like, yes, I got him. <sighs> I didn't have him. Like I, <laughs> it, it's like it's almost like he was waiting for me. It's was like, oh, I've been waiting for somebody to try this for a long time, you dumb bastard. That's how it be, man. So. That's how it be. It's humbling, but it's um, yeah. it's good for you for sure. I know when I when I first walked into a, a do, the dojo, um, I was invited by my uh, my cousin um, Alex, yeah. and um, I came in there. I was buff. I was like working out. Like I lost a ton of weight. Um, I was um, close to like three hundred pounds. I got to like two twenty solid, like just muscle. Uh, but I was in the gym like six days a week, a big meathead. And then I walk into the dojo and I'm like, yeah, I, I could do this. I'm in good, great shape. Man, I got my ass beat by this this little cat. Um, he was a blue belt. Um, I has to be. I never seen him after that. He had to be at least like five zero, you know, as far as height. And then yeah. that's what really got me because my ego. Yep. I was like, I can't believe that I just got my ass beat like this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just once. It was like back to back to back to back. And I was like, this is. I have to learn this. I have to learn this. And this is what um, kept me coming back. But I had to check my ego. And that was yeah. a, that was a big that was a big problem at first because I, I in my mind I felt like I I, sh- I deserved to win and you know for some reason mm-hmm. I was like a, I'm in shape I I have to win what what's going on and it doesn't Why is work this like not that. working it doesn't work like that it's a great equalizer those mats yeah when I first came in and um I had gone to another gym prior just like kind of a free trial type deal in Columbia and it wasn't for me that 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 gym wasn't for me. 
Like it was very territorial. It was tribal. Like it was like um, wow. yeah. uh, Point Break with uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick <laughs> right, Swayze. Right. You know, everybody's got you know their their break. <laughs> it's like you you can't get in their territory. That's yeah, how I yeah, felt man. in that gym. Now we did King of the Hill there. I actually passed someone's guard, and not only that, and mind you, I, I have no idea what any of this is, but I passed someone's guard, and I was able to sweep <laughs> someone accidentally. Wow. And the next time, I got someone in my guard, he just stood up and walked forward and rolled me over. I was like, <laughs> all right, so I guess that's a note. Don't do that again. Right. But I didn't feel like, as someone knew, it, you know, I was just kind of thrown in there <clears throat> and wasn't really like... I won't say baby. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, you know, no one at least kind of said like, hey, man, so here, let's show you some like beginner stuff. They're just like, no, just jump in. You'll be fine. Yeah. I wasn't. But um, they wanted to see what you had naturally, you know. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm an athlete. I come in there I'm like, you know, lifting weights, playing football, playing basketball. You, you throw a sport. I'm, I'm in. So I'm in there. It's like, OK, I have athleticism. That's going to take me so far. Yeah. And I mean, again, first time out, I passed on his guard, didn't know what the fuck that was. I was just like, I didn't even know what side control was. I mean, I watched, you know, UFC, so I sure. knew yeah, yeah. positioning, but I was like, okay, I got this dude. I'm like, what's up? What are we doing? What, what now? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I was like, all right, somebody in with, with that guy. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even learn my name. Right. But when I came to um, Ivy League, I did the trial there, and <laughs> they had me work with Mouth. And ah, he, he he beat the piss out of me. That's humbling because he's like a young whippersnapper, you know. Yeah, he was, I want to say, thirteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah. He might have just turned fourteen, and I was like, Nah, he he was he's been a beast since um since he's young. Yeah, yeah. He, he like and and it wasn't even like he was like beating me, like making me feel silly. It was just like he would he was like sweeping me. Yeah, you know, the superior just, technique. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I don't know what this is, and I was like, I need to learn. I feel like that today sometimes <laughs> when I roll with some some yeah. people. There's um, I mean, th- there's like so many people now. It, it's it's like jujitsu's made this transition and this move where, when we were coming up in jujitsu, and it was kind of in that transitional period, but it was still it was in that middle point where it's like a lot of the basic stuff when you come in to learn, that's yeah. what you're learning for a while and kind of right. grasping it. Now there are like kids coming in learning you know all types of wild things like you know that you know they're hitting barren bolos from every angle yeah. it's like like well, i've you, only you been got, doing it for a week but you got to think about it too this way um it, you know bjj is definitely you know it's, a, it's an evolution you know it's, it's yeah. continued to grow but um for for us you know growing up in um you know at least in our first years um in the camp we were in um you know we, that was the foundation if you will you know then we kind of stuck with that the uh, mastery was just more foundation and then more (laughs) more rolling you know um, until we got some really advanced jiu-jitsu instructors and then everything started getting really interesting Um, and you know a little scary at first it's like Mm -hmm. wow like I was um, you know the the grunt um, the strength um, that don't work no more you know so um, it's good it's good it's good good that it happened I'm still in that I'm stubborn. So <laughs> what I've learned is still there. Yeah. And, you know, I still, of course, of I course. hit the submit mixers on people every so often. I get excited. I'm like, I knew it still worked. <laughs> Don't tell me it doesn't work. 
And then, you know, I get some mixer and then all of a sudden they get to X guard from there. I'm like, yo, how, yeah. how are you, how are you underneath me now? Like, yeah. why am I standing up? So, sure. but yeah, the, the game evolves and it, you know, you can go back and look at, you know, old UFCs yeah. and you see the technique then versus sure. the guys now. It, it's, it's, it's so two different. It's, yeah. yeah. Apples and oranges for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I look at, um, you look at it gener- generationally, you know, sometimes I'm in, I'm in class and, you know, the uh, locker room talk, um, you know, oh man, I'm a little hurt, I'm tired or whatever. And I'm like, I'm getting too old for this. And I'm looking at him like, man, you're like in your early thirties, bro. Like, you know, I got you by like almost t- like 15 years. And, and it's, it, it, fasc- it fascinates them. But at the same time, it fascinates me that these younger guys are able to do what they can do. I, I think about like a Carlos like Herrera, yeah. oh you know, my God, like yeah. he's he's amazing, right? He's um, and he could be my son, you know, literally as far yeah. as his age is concerned. Yeah. So getting on the mat and getting beat up by someone that could be my son's age is um, it's humbling. But it, you know, but I I I love it. I love seeing it because it, you could see how this it's just expanding, you know. And then people are getting it at earlier ages too, and that's mm-hmm. what you know. Oh my God, getting it in my mid thirties, you know. Um, I, I wish I would have started when I was just like 15 or 16, you know, it's wonderful. But um, it's great to see that now, you know, you have multiple generations on one mat, you know, yeah. you, you see that in our camps too, which is, which is awesome. You know, um, just, just um, goes to show you how, um, how um, expansive um, jujitsu can be. Yeah. It, it's weird having coached some of the, like, the kids that are now like you see they're blue belts and yeah they're like whipping up on adults and it's like <laughs> like okay i used to coach you now i know i didn't teach you that yeah. i used to be your coach yeah so like i'm proud of you it's it's, it's the great equalizer of the mats man because you yeah. know the same people you can coach one day the next people that um all of a sudden you know coaching you you know and that's yeah. all right and honestly that's something that i do love about it is that well and that's where checking your ego comes into yeah, play absolutely because you can't go out there and think okay well you can't teach me anything no everyone and, and that even goes for like upper belts dealing with white belts like because i always talk about life like life experience True. brought to the mat there are white belts that come out there that may have never done jujitsu at all period but there's an understanding of struggle there's an understanding of leverage there's an understanding yeah. of you know you, um um you know not being a spaz and then <laughs> I, I think we're not that's to a say science that. in itself <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we're not supposed to say that word again i don't know i, I think yeah. beyonce said it and oh, someone yeah, got yeah. mad like yeah. i don't know yeah, yeah. i'm saying all types of fucked up words we're just gonna be doing sign language soon you know <laughs> yeah that's true it was like i, I gotta go in the room it's like okay I need a list of words that I can and cannot say in here today. <laughs> right. and I was like, well, Dante, I'm glad you came to us. Nope, I'm leaving. That's all I needed. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> you know, there is a science, though, to understanding how to control your body on the mat. And oh, yeah. I was I was actually just told someone's story today. Um, like, <laughs> Actually, when my wife told me that she was pregnant, I was rolling um with another white belt and he had my back and he rolled me straight back on my ankle mm. like over my ankles pop pop dirty <laughs> dirty yeah and <laughs> it's, 
you know, I, like I was, I was fucked. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, and you know, I wasn't mad at him. I was just like, damn it, yo. Yeah, she hurts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sure hurts. So I get home. My wife's like, you know, yeah, hurry home. Cause I was supposed to go to lunch with a friend. She was like, hurry home. And I was like, okay, cool. I get home. She hands me the pregnancy test and me being me was like, oh, you peed on that. Don't put that in my hand. But whenever people are like, what's your worst injury? It's like my wife got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. But, but you know, that, that whole pulling back on the ankles, that's a white belt thing. And it's, it's kind of a dual thing because he shouldn't have done it, but I should have positioned my legs though too, as I felt it happen. And I wasn't aware. I I didn't know. But there are people that come into this game kind of already understanding simple things like that and you know they can pass that on to people and there are times i know we joke and say you know shut up white belt or white belts don't know anything you know they have a working knowledge of things it's just they don't know the things we know like sure. again when you told me about the Kamora, i was a white belt yeah. and i mean to me i was like okay you know i took that as hey you're telling me this and i've seen you doing it so it worked. I'm going to run with yeah, it yeah. versus thinking, because I think you might have just gotten promoted to blue belt. Probably you, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you were blue belt when you told me this. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't in my mind like, whatever, you, you just got your blue belt. You don't know shit. And I was like, no, thank you. Like, yeah. okay. And, you know, I locked onto that. And that's one of the things with this sport I, I do find refreshing is that a lot of people do take information and knowledge to heart. And they, you know... It's rare, at least in my experiences, that anyone's disrespectful about it. Like you said, yeah. do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. And, and, you know, some of that is, um, I wouldn't say just ego. Some of it is just tra- tradition as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, prop, uh, mat etiquette, you know, um, as far as like, you, you don't, if you're rolling and you don't want to be getting barked or um instructions by a white belt you you want you yeah. should be getting barked instructions by like a superior True. belt or your coach more more importantly but with that being said you know a wise coach um acknowledges you know the strengths that their students come with and and uh-huh. we see that a lot in our camp um i think about um big shane um you know he's a wrestler at the 88s he, um, you know, there's been many times where Julius is teaching a class and he will have him brought, bring, uh, bring him up to the front to teach like an ankle pick or some type of wrestling yeah. move or takedown or whatever that, that kind of falls within the, you know, jiu-jitsu wheelhouse as well. And he will teach that. But this is, this is Julius's class, though. You know, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I think that there is a, a lot of value in that and also just, just seeing how great our coaches are to acknowledge those strengths in our students and allow them to like pass that on with, with proper guidance, you know, guidance yeah. and approval, you know, say, so you don't have a bunch of motherfuckers <laughs> just barking shit, hey, do this, do that, you know, and then you're like, what, what, I don't know. And then you, you lost, you know, um, that's the last thing you want, you know, and you yeah. don't want to receive instruction from someone that doesn't know the whole picture either, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I get it, you know, but to that, um, to that point, I think it's, um, yeah. important to, to see what people do come in with. You know, kind of assess that, and once you, once the, that's proven, then um, of course, um, you know, it's all about each one teach one. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, Keith brought that up um, a few weeks back because I think there's I don't know who exactly it was one of the upper belts, and I think maybe one of the white belts thought that the upper belt was being rude because the white belt asked a question, hmm. and the upper belt did not give him an answer. And it was because he felt like I'm not 
a coach. I'm not qualified to coach and give you that answer. Sure. So, yeah. and it wasn't him being rude. It's just, again, I, yes, mad etiquette. You know, yeah, I, this, this times I'm I'm rolling and someone say uh, <clears throat> you'll ask a question. I'm like, you know what? Like I'll start to and if it's something I'm um I have knowledge on, I will say a little something. But I always say, you know, but yeah. let's get the coach. You know, let's see what he got. Um, he has to say because. He understands the big picture. You know, I may have a, a an expanding picture, but it's really a minuscule in comparison to the coach who's been training for, you know, 10, 20 years. And, you know, um, I'm just, you know, measly old me. <laughs> yeah. Most times now it's like if someone, if I'm rolling with someone, they ask a question. It's like, look, I tell you what I like, but right. also understand this. I am the class restaurant. So don't take the advice <laughs> oh from me. <laughs> like, hey, so what do I do here? Well, I do this, but also understand I end up in side control a lot. <laughs> so let's call coach over and find out the official answer. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's, you know, you kind of have to, you know, understand that on the mat, though, too, as the person asking the question and, you know, the person that may have been asked the question, because there are times I have a question and, you know, I look at who I'm rolling with, whether it's a white belt or a blue belt or even a purple belt. And I'm like, you know, I'll ask, like, do you think it's a, you know, you know, would this work in a realistic scenario? And, you know, if it's a purple belt, they might say, you know, it could. But, you know, you also have to think about this, 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 this and that. Right. But also ask coach. <laughs> right. Everything should end off with ask coach. You know, let's get coach. Coach, you know, come yeah. over it. Um, answer this question. Yeah, if you're not asking coach at the end of it all, then because you know you 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 want to share best practices. You know, I work in healthcare, and we always talk about um you know sharing best practices, um you know evidence based. You know, yeah. um so the black belt is an evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, is based on evidence, right? That um, he knows what he's talking about. So let's let's just listen to them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you end up, you know, you have some people people who are like. What's the right word? I'll just use ignorant because I don't know any <laughs> other word. You know, that it's like they they don't trust the knowledge of the, the black belt coach. And I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> why are we here? Why, yeah. why are we paying for classes if um, if we don't trust what um, what they have to say to us? You know, um, I don't know. I, you know, I was raised by a military father. You know, he was a, a psychopath and like an alcoholic half my life. You know, Vietnam veteran, Korean War veteran. That's you know, yeah. yelling and screaming and um, and violence was a uh, um, norm. You know, so uh, when I go to class, honestly, um, I don't like normally for people to yell at me and all. But I'll tell you what, like if a coach yells something at me and I actually hear him because I'm like a little deaf in one ear, but if I actually hear what he says, I want to do it. You know, and it shouldn't be too much more conversation about it. It should be like a yes sir, no sir, and just um, keep moving. You know. Yeah. Like I don't know, but that's just me. You know. <laughs> no, I get it. No, and I remember uh, one of the first times, uh, Master Julius. I was in one of his classes, and what did I do? I, I think I'd gotten a sweep, but it was kind. Of, it was lazy. It was like a scissor sweep, and I didn't follow through. I was just like, eh, okay, I got the sweep. And I was being super passive. He was like, why are you letting them back up? Like, why are you not going to side control or knee on belly at this point? What are you doing? And I was, you know, I was like deer in headlights. Yeah, it was, was like, probably um, some motherfuckers and fucking in, in other colorful words in, in that <laughs> sentence as well. Yeah. Oh, trust me. There, there's but, definitely but you, a fuck. But, but there's something to that, though. You know, yeah. um, it's something to that. Those, So, you know, uh, the words 
uh, have a vibrational frequencies, you mm-hmm. know. So and and they have there's certain words that you can say that makes you actually react differently, right? If if someone's in your face and you're talking and and then all of a sudden, look, let's say that you're at work, right? And then all of a sudden someone drops an f bomb, right? It's like ooh, automatically you look. It's like oh, you you hear it. even if you're not in a conversation, you heard the word, it automatically grabs your attention. Your body reacts a certain way. Right, that's what this power in the in curse words. Yeah. So when it says, "Look, motherfucker, get your ass up," and you know, it just, it charges it and it makes you actually feel like an action has to follow yeah. what's being said versus like get up, you know, unless you're like um, Danner, Danner, or you know, um, where yeah. that's his norm, you know. But um, <laughs> but he has a. I swear he got like Jedi. Um, yeah, there's there's something else going on there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Gordon Ryan. Right. I need you to Good. move your arm there. Right. <laughs> what? No, but yeah, yeah, there is kind of a you know you you hear that like what the fuck are you doing or like yeah. fucking move your attention. There's like a quick you know, right. I got okay. Move, yeah. move. There's like a urgency to yes, it. Yes, yes. That's why I love uh, David Goggins. You know, um, pe- <laughs> people talk about him all the time. Like, oh, I, I posted his book on Facebook the other day. One of my one of my friends um, made a comment. She was like, I'm I'm waiting for the PG version. <laughs> I was like, do they even right. make a PJ yeah. version? Keep waiting there. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I have my kid read it. You miss, miss half, half the book. You know, half the book is curse words. You yeah. know, but I mean, you need it. You but need that's the that. magic to that book. It's the magic. Though. Yeah, absolutely. I think I started listening to it on uh, the audiobook. Oh, the, the audiobooks are the, the best. I've read, yeah. I read both books, um, but the audiobooks are the best um, because it's like an audiobook podcast. Yeah. You know, it's, it, so it's a lot of extras and everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. The way that. Um, like the way that he just talks period there's like kind of a command to it where he has your attention yeah i think that's that's one of those signs of a good leader a good coach just i mean that's not all you know there are some coaches yeah donna here being an example right there are a lot of good coaches that can talk passive and very light and get the point across and there are coaches that they can do that but also when it's go time they know when to turn that switch on. You look yeah. at football coaches, Bill Parcells being one of those yeah. where, you know, he was a genius. He, like with the New York Giants, he was like, look, these guys are in here fighting each other. So he was smart and made them all hate him. Now they're united. Smart and they guy. hate him, yeah. but they're working together. Right. Then he won the Super Bowl. So good for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got... It's ego, man. You got they, he had to... to um, um, heard the, the ego you yeah. know especially when when you got when you think about jiu-jitsu mma wrestling combat sports period all you have in there is a bunch of men with testosterone ego just rolling so you gotta you gotta get that some badass control. women though don't get me oh no you no, no can't no. forget them but i hear i know what you're saying you whenever you get a bunch of like you know um testosterone up in a room like and, fighters period yeah it's just it's always going to be some of that you know but I, I think it's a it's an art to managing it, right? Yeah. Because I've seen some camps where like those guys kind of take over, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and we have a family oriented um, camp. You know, Phil will kill us. You know, but it's yeah. very family oriented. There's a certain way to go about um, things. So, you know, um, those those behaviors get checked. Yeah, there's a time and place, especially. And it's funny, like w- with our gym, you know, you especially know when there's the time and place because. You know, we all get along, we all laugh, we smile, we have a good time, right. but we know, we know, I mean, what, what's going on this, uh, Pans, yeah, oh yeah. Pans this weekend, oh, yeah, yeah. and 
And we they're killing it out there. Oh my god! Like oh my god! Every time I go to Instagram, Bre- it's like, oh. yo, Epps, I'm so freaking proud of Epps, man. Oh my god! I was I I felt like I was on the stage just watching it. Um, Jeremy, oh my, that's my that's my main man right there. You know, he he pulled that off. I'm super proud of him. You know, I can't yeah. believe it. Um, and the weekend's not over. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing. I forgot. You know, oh, there's still matches going yeah. on. Like shit. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's like leading up to competitions like this. The seriousness is there, yeah. But you also have that lightheartedness because you have to have a good balance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I think any anything on polar opposites is bad. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, you always want to if you cut out the extremes, you have the middle part. That's the best part that we have to settle on. You know, um, but you know, we we live in a society where everything's kind of polarized right now. So yeah, um, and and most people, you know, kind of gravitate to. Um, who said this the other day that I heard? Um, they, people gravitate to pleasure more than they do um, more than they do peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, so, the, it, uh, oh man, I can't believe I forgot who who said that. But it was so it stuck with me because they were talking about women, and, mm-hmm. and gen, but it's, it applies to everybody, you know. But he was talking about women where you know they they date a nice guy and they get bored. You know, because they're they're used to the guy that's beating them up and you know and cheating on them and yeah. and it's exciting for them, you know. So they, but it's like you know, the bad boy, yeah, the bad boy, right? And but he's ruining your life, but you got that little bit of pleasure, you know. But that's where everybody everybody wants um, some type of pleasure, right? Um, mm-hmm. Versus the peace, you know, being able to calm our minds down to actually learn new. Um, new skills or um, just new things in general, you know, we, we don't even have the, the attention span anymore to do that. You know, it's, it's like we yeah. just want excitement all the time. Um, but I, I, I don't was, even know how they're related, but I kind of went off on a tangent. <laughs> nah, that's cool. Um, I think about that, too, when I go into class. I haven't done it in a while, but I used to, like, drive in listening to Sade. Uh, I'd always go and listen to something like Calman because... If if I go in with this, you know, if, if from time to time I might throw on uh, Wu Tang, I might throw on um, Fifty Cent, something like that, you know, just <laughs> yeah. something to kind of get me riled up. Yeah. But it's very rare because if I go in like that, my it, there's just like a this like fucking two tigers in my brain just fighting, and I can't focus. But if I come in like calm, I can focus on what we're learning, yeah, and try to implement it, and then. Then once it's go time, once we're sparring, it was like okay, like put something on, like get me fired up. Now. Hey, we we get the most random of music in our classes, though. To be honest, so like I, I've learned to tune some things out. <laughs> I think, <laughs> but, but I can't I can't listen to too calming of a music because it's um I feel like my <laughs> my interior doesn't match the exterior situation. You know, if I'm like too calm. So like I even hear people like they listen um uh, to calm music before like to competing or like a tournament or something like that right, and um I can't listen to any music like I I can't have headphones on I have to be like in the moment I have to feel the energy, and um it, you know I just allow it to happen you know um otherwise um like I I feel like it's a struggle to to ramp up to meet the need. You know, whether it's on a yeah. mat or on the competition, if, if I'm not allowing myself to get to that uh, level of energy. Um, and, and it feels like, like a, you know, you mentioned like a panic attack. It feel, feels like anxiety almost. But yeah. the more I try to calm it, the more I feel like I'm going to explode. So I just like, 
I have to just <laughs> like be jumping like in it, you know, in order to to really uh, maximize the the moment before class. Uh, what I do now is I try to get my heart rate up as quickly as possible. So um, if class starts at eight o'clock and I know it takes me about 15 minutes to get there, I'm out the door. I mean, I start working out probably around seven just to you now say working out, I might do some like uh, speed exercise or something like that. Yeah. Uh, jumping jacks, something to get my heart rate over to like 130. Um, once it's there, I just let it calm down. And then I, when I get to class, like that initial anxiousness or anxiety, whatever that I, I usually feel, it's it dissipates. Um, and then I walk right into class and just I roll right into it. What I found is that some people feel like they, they want to reserve their energy, you know, for this miraculous moment that they feel is going to happen. And I want to make sure I have them extra calories. I don't want to, I want to preserve everything, yeah. you know? So I, I go, I try to do the, I do the warmups as, as good as I can, you know, some, uh, I don't want to half ass the warmups. I want yeah. to make sure that I'm warmed up. Number one, I'm older. So, you know, I'm about to be 40. What am I about to be? I think I'm about to be 44. I might be about to be 43. It happens to all oh, of us. Oh, man. <laughs> See, this is, what, this is when you know you, you get old, when you don't even know your age anymore, right? So, but my my bones, you know, don't work the same. You know, my, my body doesn't warm up as quickly, you know, and it doesn't cool down as quickly either. So, yeah. you know, all of that has to be accounted for. So, I, I try to get uh, my heart rate up before class. So that way, I already have broken a sweat. Um, I go right in. I'm fr- I, read, I warm up for the warm up, <laughs> and then yeah. I get into the warm up, and then that's the warm up for the training. You know, for the drilling and then the sparring and all. So, um, and I find that if the more I've been doing that, I feel better throughout the class as far as my energy levels and my recovery time afterwards is uh, better as well. It's nothing yeah. like worse than getting uh, in a situation and your body's not, your biology is not physical. You're not ready for it, yeah. you know. And now you got this whole human being trying to mount you and climb your, you know. Your, <laughs> this is, That's not what we're supposed to be doing, <laughs> right? Stop, right, right. Um, so and that makes sense because I think about it like now. It's like, yeah, maybe I would benefit to, you know like do something before going to class and then being because like i said i get in the car i pull up i park have a quick little panic attack <laughs> like get my breathing under control yeah. walk into the class there was like hey how's it going i'm acting like nothing i'm acting like i wasn't just out there hyperventilating right. like about to start the car back up and go home and it was like no nah, hey guys what's going on right, everybody ready to train so but uh, yeah. jiu-jitsu is great for anxiety um at mm-hmm. least you know my experience it's great for a lot of mental um, health issues in general um but definitely for for anxiety especially coming out of covid you know a lot of people developed anxiety you know or their anxiety got worse during it you know and then things started to open back out and then it's like oh now the anxiety is even worse now because everything's opening up and you know everybody went through it you know the whole world just had a dang panic attack so um sure you know we're we're all adjusting yeah i think that was kind of a big shock to everyone's systems. Obviously, we didn't know right. something like that was coming. And, you know, just in general, I feel like like martial artists, I don't want to exclude other groups, but I'm going to go into jiu-jitsu players. I feel like we handled it better than most groups because, you know, it, it's that's just it, the anxiety of going to train. 
you know, going to compete, just doing any of it. And, you know, coming back out of COVID, you know, coming out of lockdown, it was kind of a similar situation. It was like, okay, we've been here before. We know what to do. We know how to regulate it. We know how to control our breathing. And, and, you know, you had other cats coming out. They didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, wait, wait, are we allowed to? <laughs> well, not not only that, we've been um, <clears throat> so used to sharing all kinds of germs. Oh my god, <laughs> close and personal, you know. Yeah. So it's like COVID, whatever. I got yo, I just got hepatitis C. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, it's like, nah, I'm good. Right, like, I just got a staph infection yeah. the other day, you know. Like, whatever. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. It's like, <laughs> you know, when COVID hit, we went through this thing of videos on how to wash your hands. I was like, I feel like we should already know this. Right. But obviously, well, cause where I work, I work, um, in customer service and we have, you know, um, you know, workers come in, they use the bathroom in our office. And yeah, after man. COVID, I started paying real close attention. Like, so I hear, I hear that water room for 20 seconds. <laughs> like yeah, what, what you doing? So yeah. Healthcare was interesting throughout COVID. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like I had um, one of my guests, <laughs> funny enough, that's when I caught COVID, uh, you know, what, two years later, I got it um, January of 22, okay. like right at the beginning. Okay. It's from one of two things. My guest who came over, who he he works in um, healthcare, <laughs> comes over Saturday night, we're recording, we did one of our um, Authomats Nerdcast. Okay. Had a good time. I don't remember what, what movie we talked about, what show we talked about, but it was a good episode. Fun. Then the next day, I went to a uh, Ravens game. And the rules at, Ra- at, at M&T Stadium were fucking ridiculous. I mean, all <laughs> that is ridiculous, but yes. It's like, okay, I'm walking in line. Put your <laughs> mask on. Okay, cool. Got my mask on. I walk in line. You can't enter without the mask on. All right. Go to your seat. Got to keep the mask on. Once you sit down, you can take your mask off now. I was like, that's right. really weird. Right. And then when you leave to go to the bathroom to go get a drink, there's a big sign say, hey, don't forget your mask. Weird. Okay, cool. Didn't matter. I got punch drunk. So I didn't even care. Right. And there was a point where I was like, I'm pretty sure I lost my mask. I might have the BJJ Wiki mask on. So I didn't lose that one. <laughs> but I think I had like another like mask because I was double masking. Okay. More so because the BJJ Wiki... It gets all sweaty and gross. I kept, you know, like the the cloth one as well, or the uh, the paper one. I guess I don't know. Yeah, the, the standard the, surgical the, mask. Yeah. yeah. So I had a couple of those. I put those on. I just had the BJJ wiki mask. So it was like, look, y'all know who it is. <laughs> it's, it's it's Dante. Um, but I get home, fucking trash. Record another podcast, and I get a call from my buddy who I recorded with on Saturday. Or he shoots me a text. He goes, hey, um, Dante, you know, I, I, I was exposed. You might want to go get checked out. And I felt fine. I was like, I'm good. I'm like, I, I, you know, but, I, you know, I wasn't ignoring him. I was like, yeah. I'm okay. Then um, we get to Tuesday. So I'm a little off. We get to Wednesday, my off day. I'm really, you know, I don't work that day. Didn't feel great. Didn't feel terrible. Just felt a little... You know, just kind of under the weather, just sure. tired. Right. But still feeling like I, you know, felt like I was up late the night before. Thursday, I go into work, feel good till about four o'clock. Mm. Four o'clock hit, and I was like, hmm, 
feel like I'm, something's not right. Yeah, man. I'm slumped over in the chair. Friday comes up. I go into work and I call my district manager. I was like, hey, I want to give you a heads up right now. I probably should go get a COVID test. Mm. I don't feel great. Like, I'm sweating right now. I got chills. My Like, my body's aching. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any coughs or anything. I, I guess it was... Uh, Every, everyone gets weird, yeah. different combinations of symptoms, yeah. I didn't lose um, scent or taste, which Shit. I'm happy for that because I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Um, but I ended up... Uh, you know, I always got to have fun when I'm, like, in a serious situation. The lady's going to swallow my nose, like, and she's, like, stone-faced looking at everyone. And I'm looking at her like, nah, I'm getting you. She comes around. She's like, you just see everybody wincing, wincing in pain. I look yeah, at her I was it's like. it's the worst. It's the worst. She comes up to my nose. I was like, hey, this is my first time. Be gentle. And she's smart. I was like, oh, gotcha. And then she goes to the other now. She was like, ooh, ooh, it's my second time. Ooh, oh. But that time she went, she went in. I was yeah, like, man. the first one was like kind of light. I was like, all right, I appreciate it. The second one, I don't all think she's like it. All of it's terrible. Um, nothing should go up your nose like that. No, yeah. no. And I, I was just like, I felt like, you know, we are in the 21st century. We have all the technologies in the world, everything. And this is the only way you think is fit to find COVID is to shove a stick up my nose. I just feel like there's got to be a better way. Someone's got to know. Give me, give me the answers. Speaking speaking of taste, I didn't have. Uh, I we got it. My whole family got it in 2020. Um, I didn't have any taste or smell for about nine months after. Man. It's the craziest thing because. I honestly thought that my shit didn't stink no more. I was like, man, COVID cleaned my ass out. <laughs> and then my, my wife was like, nah, honey, you smell like shit. I was like, man, I'm farting. I'm farting. It, was, it wasn't even smelling. I was like, damn, I, I guess I'm eating clean or whatever. Like, I'm doing good. And she's like, nah, you smell like ass. Like, it was, it was like, terrible. Like, you, and I was like, go man. Fix that. Yeah. And that's when I realized, I was like, man, my smell is like really, like, it's, it's gone, gone. And taste, it was like... It just everything tasted the same. It was just um, weird. It's weird. I knew it should taste some a certain way, so mm-hmm. I think my brain was causing me yeah. to to experience that that uh, food a certain way, but it, it had no taste. It's that, crazy. That's got to be weird because I would think because your brain knows yeah. food is supposed to taste a certain way. Yeah, of course. So it's like <laughs> I would almost think you have to like go with extreme foods, like you know, like okay, pizza. Right. That's very, very specific. Sure. You know, wings. And, and that's the thing. It wasn't like it was no taste. It was some. So, like, you could taste saltiness. You could taste when yeah. something was sweet or spicy or whatever. But you couldn't really get the full flavor of it. So, um, who knows what my cooking was like for those nine months. <laughs> it probably was terrible. And, it, and no one told me. Your son was like, Mom, is Dad cooking tonight? <laughs> yeah. Please, no. Right. He can't taste the food. <laughs> can't smell that he's burning it. Right. Um, yeah, like fortunately, I didn't have that issue. I did have horrible brain fog. Oh man. Um, I think I still. I think I still do. <laughs> yeah, I'm still tripping. Yeah, um, I started taking Lion's Mane. Yeah, someone uh, told me to yeah. uh, get some of that, and I was like, Yeah, I, acetylcholine, um, Lion's Mane. Um, uh, what is the um, the other one? Um, 
I, I can't think of it, think of it right off the top of my head, but there's a couple of um, nootropics that I've been taking just yeah. to help with uh, brain fog. Obviously, it hasn't helped. I'm forgetting like key things. <laughs> I'm forgetting the name of the supplement that's supposed to help me with my memory. <laughs> yeah, you know, I they, they, they think that's part of the game. Uh, no, like I forgot my grandma's phone number. It's been the same number for 30 years. Oh, wow. And like my biggest fear <clears throat> is losing my mind, uh-huh. like being like losing like dementia or yeah. Alzheimer's. Or something. Yeah. My grandmother's uncle stayed with us. Uh, I want to say, what was it? Maybe my sophomore year in high school and he had Alzheimer's oh, yeah. and it was painful yeah. watching this happen to him. And I remember just thinking like, man, I I, I I can't imagine that, and I I hope it never happens. Yeah, man, it's terrible. It's <clears throat> it, terrible. it and you know once once COVID hit and that shit started happening, I couldn't remember my grandma's phone number for work. I work at uh, various locations, so I got to remember um, alarm codes. I have to remember uh, codes to get into the buildings. Oh yeah, I'm terrible at passwords. And I had like I had to write them all down. And the reason like I'm normally really good with numbers. But when that shit hit, I had to write. And the reason I don't like to write stuff down, because though I am good with numbers and I have a pretty decent memory, I like to think I'm terrible with like not losing stuff. (laughs) So meanwhile, you see, oh, there's the address to this store. This is the code to get into the building. That's the alarm code. These are all like so I had to like, you know, write them down and like hide them for myself in the car. Like (laughs) there's all this extreme stuff. Because of COVID, yeah, man. <laughs> like, so if if any of our buildings were to get broken into, mm-hmm. they're like, "So Dante, you right. fucked up." And they're like, "Oh, COVID fucked up." <laughs> I ain't do nothing. Blame it all on COVID. Oh, like, of course. But yeah, but Alzheimer's, um, dementia. That's a it's a scary thing for sure. My one my, my aunt's um, one of my aunt is dealing with that right now, and mm-hmm. um, it's um, uh, weighs heavy on you. You know when you see. A uh, person in their full full light, and then you know they start to diminish over time. It's um it's challenging. I told yeah. my wife um I probably should put this on paper, but I told her I was like, if that happens to me, just kill me. Yeah. You know, cause I, I am I feel like I am my memories. You know, if I don't, if I yeah. if I don't have that, then what am I like? I'm just a uh, scared little boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said to my wife, I was like, look, if I get to that point, yeah, it's, it's scary though. Don't don't like drag it out, right? Like because at the end of the day, my daughter, her voice, her laughter, right. you know, the memories that we have. Like, we do songs before bed. You know, we, we sing. Yeah. You know, we dance. You don't want to lose those things. And right. once that stuff starts slipping, yeah, you know, it gets scary. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and the way that, you know, just dealing with COVID, the way I handled it was to make light of a lot of all of it. You had to, you had to, um, you know, you know, I was posting cause I don't post a whole lot. Like I don't write on Facebook anymore. I'll post memes on Facebook just to let people know, Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> don't, don't forget. I'm here. When it gets quiet, I like to post the, I think I have a meme I'm posting tonight and it is <laughs> fucked. You got on schedule. <laughs> it's like, I know that it's not okay, but I got to let people know I'm still here. I didn't go anywhere. I'm just. You know, I got I got I got a lot of social media. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of shit going on, man. Yeah. So, but um, I went on Facebook right after I got COVID, and was just making jokes about it. And then I'd seen a post from an old coworker, 
and I didn't it didn't register what was going on. I thought it was a birthday post. Her mom had just passed, mm, and yeah. from COVID, and like the, that that's when reality hit me. I was like, "Fuck, this yeah. is real." I went and took down my post. I was like, "I don't want to make light." Yeah, you know, and, uh, and that's good. Hopefully. That's good of you, though. You know, to <clears throat> to have that self, level of self awareness. Sometimes um, um, my my awareness is not the, all the way there. I had a I had a patient one time. Um, she showed up and I asked her. I was like, "What's what's your name?" And she said, uh, "Anita." And I said, "Your last name?" And she said, "Newman." And I was like, "Oh, what happened to the old one?" <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "He di- he died two weeks ago." <laughs> and I almost died right there. I was like, "Oh, my fucking asshole." See, that's the, that's the thing though when when there's like that opportunity it's like is you have to check yourself because it's like yeah do you take the opportunity or do you let it go yeah, but so, sometimes it just happens automatically though and it's like well, and then you and then you re- realize that afterwards i probably shouldn't have just let that come out but it's just a reaction it just came out that way but my intentions was was to be funny but um it um, failed um horrendously <laughs> Oh, and that's the thing. Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm trying to be funny. Like like the story I told you about earlier with Easter. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like the observational thought. And right. by the time it started coming out, I couldn't stop. And I was like, oh, no. See, see what's worse <laughs> is that sometimes I, I think I'm funny. You know, as long as I think I'm funny. Oh, no. That's what <laughs> so happens. I get a chuckle out of it. Oh, no, no, but no, no, um, no. If you, you, usually if, most people don't agree. <laughs> if you find the humor in it, that's the okay part. But there are times where like I'll say something. And I'm like, my intent is to be like, look, I'm just going to be a dick right now. But it's like, huh, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> Let me like, where can I like, I'll go tweet it to myself. <laughs> I don't say that for later. Right. Um, like good so, story for the podcast. you know. Exactly. Like someone was like, dude, you should like do stand up comedy. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no. Hey, if T.I. can do it. But can he? <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, oh, let's pump the brakes there. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. It's like I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even seen the show, but I just can't. I haven't uh, embraced it just yet, but I, I haven't seen the show because he could be really funny. Who knows? I've heard mixed things. Yeah, and comedy is a weird thing because what, what were we watching the other night? We were watching something on Netflix. I don't particularly find this person funny at all. My wife loves them, and I'm like. <sighs> okay, I'll sit through it, and I think was the, it Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so she she actually she was like, no, it was pretty good. I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, now uh, I'll watch it one day. Like who was it? Um, was it? Uh, I think it was Burt Kreischer. Was okay. Burt, Burt Kreischer. Okay. And I think when I hear him on podcast, I think he's funny. When I hear him do stand up, I'm not amused. Okay. The last third of that special, though. He got me. I was like, okay, now I'm now I'm laughing. But <clears throat> that's not to say he's not funny. He's just not funny to me. Yeah. And again, my wife, she loves his stand up. I'm like, okay, that's that's yeah, you know, okay. good. I personally do not, but you know, if I see him as a guest on the podcast, I'm probably gonna download. But uh, you know, and it's yeah. weird because when he's on the podcast, he's pretty much just doing comedy anyway. He's just telling stories. And I was like, you're funnier here. But that's where a lot of good comedy is, is, is stories, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, whenever I hear them tell stories that happened in the past to them, you know, uh, 
those are the best ones, you know, yeah. the, the real things. Yeah, it's like there were sometimes like when I do on my other show, Colompton, with my buddy. We've been friends since I moved here. And we'll end up just talking about like old story. And I was like, actually, when we really look back on it, that's pretty funny. But then there are some stories. It's like there's one incident that took place. And it's like we both we mention it on the podcast, but we will never tell the story on the podcast because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if we're getting people in trouble with this story. <laughs> I know we can tell the story about ourselves, but there's so many other individuals involved. Oh, my God. Yeah. People will know who those individuals are. And it's like, that's the reason why I would, I would never write a like a. Uh, a book of my life because it's too many details and too many other people involved like the that's the thing if i wrote a book about my life it'd be one of those things where it's like i think they get to a certain point where like i'm pretty sure this guy's lying like why what makes you think that i don't think he had telekinesis <laughs> i'm pretty sure he could not fly what makes you think that <laughs> the fuck do you think like because like I always question myself about memories. It was like, did that really happen? Or did I dream that? Or did I make it up? Like, I, there, there are some things that I saw for sure as a kid. But I was certain I told my wife the story. Um, uh, Going to school one morning, telling her about this lady who knocked on our door. My mom didn't know her. And she asked to bum a cigarette off my mom. Hmm. You know, okay, my mom gives her a cigarette. She's got a trash bag, so like she's going to take out trash that morning. And he sat there, they're talking, whatever. You know, I leave, I go to school, whatever. You know, I'm a little kid. I gotta catch this bus, lady. I got stuff to do. I'm the future. So, um, I come home, I hear my mom talking to a friend, and she's talking about the lady from earlier. Everything seems cool, but it wasn't cool. Because I guess something transpired throughout the day. She got caught. Wow. Um, very tragic thing going on, but that wasn't trash in her bag. And it's like. All coming back. Like as a kid. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. And, you know, I, was, you know, I asked my wife, I was like, I'm, I'm certain I told you the story. She was like, you've never told me the story. I was like, there's no way I never told you this fucking story. Like. That that shit is like etched in my mind. I will not forget the details of that, or you know, going to school, walking out my apartment. There's a dude laying in the hallway, cut up, oh, wow. blood all over the floor. Yeah, that's I not cool. stepped over like, yeah. you know, that was normal. It was just like, okay, you gotta get this fucking bus. I can't right. be late. And she was like, you've never told me these stories. I was like, I'm certain I have. I was like. Damn, I can't write a book because I don't even know if I'll be telling the stories to my wife or not. So what you do is you write it and then you never do anything with it. And then it's part of your will, right? <laughs> to read it after you leave. And be like, that son of a bitch. I knew he did that. All right. On the top of it. I don't know if I told you the story or not. <laughs> I could just, that's, the, that's the letter. You see the executor reading this. And to my darling wife, right. Sarah Dante. <laughs> It says, I don't know if I've told you the story before. <laughs> it just starts reading all these random stories. Like, it just opens up a book. Yeah, <laughs> like, chapter one. Sometimes I, I got to be, you know, there's, there's a ton of stories I don't share with nobody. And, you know, I think that there's some things that 
every man should die with, <laughs> you know. So, you know, there's always those situations where it's like, did I did I share that already? You know, especially when you're like with someone for so long, you know. Half the times yeah. I, I ended up telling her, you know, um, you know, the inkling of it or whatever. But when you're with somebody for over 20 years, it just, they're going to know everything, you know. It's just, unless you're really good and I'm not. Yeah, like with my wife, it's like, there's a certain point where it's like, Again, I don't know what I've told her, what I haven't told her. I just assume I've told her everything, but it's like, you know, whenever we're like sitting around, just like. See, but that's that's the old dad syndrome, <clears throat> right? Because like, it's like my father used to always tell me the same freaking stories over and over again. And I'm like, you, and I, you told me that already. You, you told me you don't have to, please don't, you know, don't tell me again. And he'll just keep on t- telling the story. And I find that I, I do the same thing now. <laughs> so we do that on, on the Colompton podcast. Yeah. I, I, so we're at 98 episodes. Oh, wow. One. Okay. And Good I'm you, pretty man, sure. Yeah. Like, that, that's what happens when like COVID hit and it's like, well, shit, I ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah, man. <laughs> Can't go to jujitsu. Get get a mixer and some and microphones. By the way, uh, virtual <laughs> jujitsu is not the same. <laughs> <sighs> Mm. I almost killed my wife <laughs> as her oh, as a drill partner. I was using her. <laughs> I was like, "All right, come here. You're about to learn what a knee on belly is." Right. My daughter's like, "What's that?" Although she she was able to Gramby very well, but I mean, she's like yeah. pliable. Like I'm watching her Gramby. I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" To be young, you know, and plastic. I'm pretty sure, like, like this was a different setup in the basement. But I went. I was sitting there trying to Gramby, and I kicked over like a stand with some figures. I was like, "Okay, this is not for me." Yeah, man. I have mats in the basement. So, like, by the way, if you ever want to get uh, um, a roll in or whatever, I got a 10 by 10 in the basement. We, you know, I, I'm, it's right across the street. Yeah, I mean, I'm always here. I'm, 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 I'm going to try to get Goose over there. I know he doesn't know much, yeah. but um, he's strong he, as hell. He came um, up and trained. Um, yeah, I know. He, 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 he went to the Park a couple times. Yeah. yeah. He Actually, he, um, he asked about you last time we were watching fights over here. And I was like, oh, I mean... Like, we don't see each other in passing. He goes to one class, I go to another class, yeah. and then when I go to that class, he's at another class. It's yeah. like, that's just the way of our flow. But again, like you said, we've got, out here, we've got two really good programs right here. And then Owens Mills isn't that far, to be quite yeah. honest. I go to all three. Um, so, it usually it's like a Tuesday on Elkridge. I've, I missed a couple classes recently um, well, for a class that I'm in, uh, school. But then I have... Um, Thursdays uh, at Savannah Park, and then I uh, try to do either like a Wednesday or 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 maybe a Friday, kind of alternates whenever the schedule um, opens up for Owens Mills. So I like to go um, to all three. <coughs> Excuse me. Part of it is rolling with different guys. Yeah, you know, so. different techniques, different mm-hmm. sizes, different strengths. You know, all, all that um, plays into it. I like the variety of it. Just sometimes I may learn something in Savannah Park, and then I'll be. Tried and um, I tried in Savannah Park. Everyone's learning it at the same time, so it doesn't work. Yeah. It did, but then I'll go to Elkridge or something like that, and it might work on a guy or two. You know, so um, I like to mix it up like that. And we have just a, a hell of a pot of um, talent in yeah. our in our school. So you know, I'm trying to absorb it all if I can. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny to think. Yeah, and I know. Sure, I'm very biased. Because I train at 88. Right. But I would say, no, we're we're like the best jiu-jitsu school in Maryland. Oh, I would say that without a doubt. I would. Like, and then I started, like, let's expand a little bit. Let's say the Delmarva Peninsula. Sure, we'll take it. All right. What else can we expand to? 
You want to go East Coast? <laughs> but but check it out. We're though, up there right? though. So if you look at it, as far as the size of the school, mm-hmm. three camps, um, four camps really. You know, including um, of course, you know, uh, camp, uh, uh, camp, camp Springs. Springs. Yeah, um, the four camp, four camps in Maryland, and that's it, right? But think about the amount of champions and Grand Slam winners that come out of just those small amount of um, um, locations yep. in comparison to some of uh, the competitors like the Atos or Alliance who are like yeah. 15 in every state, you know, like they're, they're everywhere, you know? And, you know, so if you, I, I feel like if you would do a study or a comparison as far as like a size ratio and the amount of like pound for pound, you know, um, uh, champions that come out of the schools, we would be up there with those top schools that have, that outnumber us like, by enormous numbers, yeah, you know, um, so there's something about that, you know. I think that should be uh, looked at. I even seen um, at one point, like Lloyd Irving's camp was, um, I think it was like uh, I want to say like top four, uh, top five or something like that. At one point, um, in the whole country, that like that's that's amazing, you know. I mean, so it's considered it's only yeah here yeah. where you know you got those other camps. They've started branching out to other states, other like yeah. parts of the country, and it's like mm, yeah. we're just right here. I mean, there is you know Lloyd Irving in, in Russia, you know as well. So, but um, I don't know. I haven't even heard about um, anything out of there recently. I mean, but this is it's an opportunity though. I mean, once you start hitting international, yeah. Oh, actually, that's what I I did have written down here because I think this was like a while ago. You had um. Going over to Scotland, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was, uh, I think, <laughs> I'm actually, if you had trained over there at all, like, yep. how was that? It was it was awesome. <clears throat> and humbling. Oh, my God, humbling. So we did two, um, two different camps, and they were in different locations in Scotland. We went to a Gracie Barra camp out there, and of course, did a geek class. It was yeah. it was great. A lot of it was a big class. I want to say it's about like maybe fifty people in the class, um, all shapes nice. and sizes. It was it was it was a good, well run class. Um, and then we uh, went up a little up to uh, where did we went to um, Glasgow. I think we went to Tenth Planet. Okay, uh, did a nogi, and they beat the brakes off of us. It was me and my brother in law, and um, he. <laughs> They just saw two Americans, two big ass Americans walking in the camp, and it was like nah. And they, they, you don't know whose belt is what, but all these guys like literally beat the brakes off of us, and we were like, okay, guys, great, thanks for the training. And then as soon as we turned the corner, we were just like, oh, like oh my, these motherfuckers killed us. Like, like we we got to hike like twenty miles tomorrow, and like I can't even feel my my legs, you know. Yeah. But but it was good. It was humbling, um, good. and. I try to take advantage anytime I'm traveling to uh, do some jiu-jitsu training. I did it in Puerto Rico as well. Nice. Um, San Juan BJJ. Um, Coach Reyes um, that works out of there. Carlos Reyes. He's he's oh, awesome. Nice. Um, and then um, I went out to Hawaii recently in December. Um, wasn't able to do anything as far as the classes and where I was. The timing didn't line up. But we're going back in, in May. So uh, nice. do another two weeks out there. So I, I'm making it a plan at the point to do at least one jiu-jitsu class out there because, of course, um, I try to wherever I go. Yeah. Nice. That, yeah. That's <clears throat> that's always a good, you know, you know a good, like, kind of a barometer of, yeah. of, you know, just first off, you're, you're, you know, taking your skill, you know, kind of pairing it up with, you know, a different region 
Yeah. You know, and then also absorbing what they have to sure. offer as well. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, jujitsu these days, especially, has that, you know, that beauty of it where, you know, before it used to be like, you can't train anywhere else. Yeah. And this is like, and if, no, you, if you look over there, it's definitely we open. It's definitely open. It's very welcoming. Um, just the jujitsu community, it's, it's exciting just to be tied into it, you know? Yeah. That you can go anywhere and there's going to be a camp somewhere close by, unless it's like uh, North Dakota or something like that. But I don't know. There may be some camps in North Dakota. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's there's always going to be a camp, um, you know, a rock throwaway. So um, <laughs> you're looking it up yeah, to no, see. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they're always welcoming, you know. And a lot of camps you could just go in. They don't, like, charge anything. But there's other camps you pay, like, a $20 or, like, whatever it is. But it's, you know, it's fine, especially if you're traveling and they give you a rental along with it. Tell you what, taking your gi with you traveling like internationally is yeah. um, is a pain because they're heavy. You know, um, they take up not necessarily the heavy. They take up a lot of space. Um, but I made sure I had a, a couple of gis um, when I went out to Scotland and um, it was a lot of fun. Good, good. Yeah, it, I always think about like the ideal of travel. I, I talked to a lot of people in Europe who do jujitsu and I was yeah. like, dude, one day yeah. I'm going to come there and I'm going to train with you. We are friends at the very least. We got to train. Meanwhile, you know, I'm not even, you know, you know, going down the road to train with someone else. I was like, eh. <laughs> like yeah, you know, we, me and my brother-in-law, we, we talked about doing a, uh, like a YouTube channel. We were going to call it like a vagabond BJJ and just visit places and record in, you know, mm-hmm. just our training experience to do like a quick interview with the coach and everything. Uh, but then, you know, um, reality set in. <laughs> we weren't able to do that. I'd been toying with that ideal for a very long time because I was like, you know, it wouldn't be bad to pack up the equipment. Yeah. Go train, sit down 15 minutes, you know, talk with a couple people there, yeah. 15 minutes each, and then kind of like a, um Anthony Bourdain style yeah. show. Yeah, I was thinking like a fuck that's delicious, you know, style, you know? <laughs> so um, you could go out there, train, and then partake in whatever, yeah. um, well, you know, I, uh, I remember activities. Like, like, I talked to you about it. You, you brought that point up. I was like, yeah, you can't go. Go eat now. Go find the food. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But my brain, my brain doesn't operate that way. My brain's like, go train and then go back to the car. Like, damn, that hurt. I don't want to eat no food. Fuck they food. Post-training, you know, delicatessens or whatever, you know. Um, so North Dakota, jiu-jitsu. Right, what you got? I'm, yo, I'm still scrolling. So we got one, two, three, four, okay. five, six, seven. Dang, I stand eight, corrected. Nine. 10, 11, uh, 12, That's what's 13, So they got quite a bit. So they, <laughs> there you go, to my original point. Still going. Everywhere you go to, there's going to be a jiu-jitsu camp somewhere. Yeah. Now, the, the, the quality of them may vary mm-hmm. some, you know, but, hey, if you're in the middle of nowhere and I see a jiu-jitsu camp, it makes me smile. Yeah. Is it, that, <laughs> that's the whole thing about this thing of ours, is that you're doing it. Yeah. You know, and... It's it's better than, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, Montana. I'm going to pick on Montana because I feel like they don't have it out there. <laughs> like, hey, if North Dakota got 14, 15K, I'm sure Montana does. I, see, they do jujitsu on the horseback. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, if I go to Montana and they've got, you know, they've got none. And it's like, well, I don't know if I got no jujitsu up here, son. 
and you know right you, the value of the place just just goes down yeah. you know if, if you don't have uh i was gonna buy a house out here right you messed this whole thing up <laughs> and then they'll look at me like we didn't want you to buy a house out here i was like ooh, <laughs> like yeah say it like that let's right. see here montana brazilian jiu-jitsu um all right you know maybe you know i'm let me stop talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> they have 75 yeah. camps like I, I just hit i hit the uh the prices right like right <laughs> the, the thing kept rolling i was no, like yep. that's good though that's yeah. good i love it I love good it. for them i mean and you know again when you look at things that unite jujitsu is one of those things i mean you know there's a meme that talks about you know you can have people of different uh religions yeah. different political backgrounds police officers and ex-cons oh, yeah. oh i love choking a police officer <laughs> Legally, hey. legally <laughs> on the mats. No, but you know, it, it's that was a, one of the first things that I noticed when I um, joined, um, when I started doing jujitsu, is just people from all walks of life. Yeah. You know, um, we have like a coach Neil who's like a lawyer, you know. Mm -hmm. Then you have, um, we had Luke Cage who yeah, was like was a dang doing thinking. Secret Service, you know. I mean, we had FBI, we got FBI agents, you know, we got all kinds Ooh, of chief of police out there, yeah, man. you know, so it's a little mix of everything. And then you might have someone who just, you know, I don't know, does coding or something, you know, it, everybody's different, yeah. but it, none of it matters. And that's the beauty of it. So your, your social economic status, none of that matters. You go, yeah. your, your race doesn't matter. You know, you go on the mats, your, your technique, the, the work that you did yesterday is what matters, yeah. you know, and that's what, that's what's, um, uh, again, the great equalizer, you know, those mats. Yeah, when I was training early on, I remember getting wrist lock consistently. <laughs> and it didn't occur terrible, to me terrible keys. that I'm rolling with Chief and mm -hmm. I didn't understand. Oh, he's a police officer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Well, because well, I think what it what happened during those moments is I started getting the confidence in my, like, oh, wait a minute. I am capable. I'm strong. I'm fast. And look at this old dude. Let me run this dude down. I think he started realizing, mm. man, this young dude is tiring me out. Yeah. Let me equalize this shit. And I remember that first wrist lock. I I didn't know how to feel about life. I, I had to think real hard. Yeah. Like, because the thing is, he wrist locked me. I tapped. We rolled again. He wrist locked me again. I tapped. He did it again. I tapped. And then I just kept my like hands away from yeah, him. Yeah, And then I sat out the next round. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, yo what the fuck was that mm -hmm. and then i didn't roll with him for a while because i just didn't understand in my head i was like i don't know what's going on so i head home hop on the interwebs wrist locks okay all right cool mm -hmm. i got you so for the longest time every time i would roll with people like I'm, i had like tight like yeah. tight my uh sure. fist and my wrist it's post-traumatic stress yeah, I, yeah. yeah I was scared, wrist lock man. will make you remember some things and then um I've recently got wrist locked and I was pissed. Like, who wrist locked me? Um, I got wrist locked by um, Baird the other day. Yep. Yeah. Him. He got me. He got me twice last week. CH got me. I remember when CH wrist locked me. <laughs> I was furious. Like, you know, it was still cool. Like, you know, good roll. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't talk to him for a while. <laughs> I was like, man. Because I think I saw him another he can't time. Be that way. CH, that's a, he's a good guy. Hey, he's a, he's a, like the, one of the nicest dudes, but I remember he was like, hey, don't say what's going on. You know, I was like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> like, uh, I don't got much more to say right now. I'm still salty. Um, and I let him know. Eventually, I was like, look, man, you wrist locked me, and I'm a little upset about this. But Baird does it, and he and I talked about it on Wednesday. 
He was like, no, I'm always hunting for it. And I was like, okay, yeah. now I know. So then when we rolled later on, I knew. Like, he beat the piss out of me. It didn't matter. Yeah. But I just didn't want to get wrist locked. I just, I was like, you can. <laughs> that was your win. No wrist yeah, locks. Yeah, yeah, he didn't wrist lock me. That's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a champion right now. So, I don't know, but it's all fun. We're all, yeah. it's all, it's all family. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing is, nobody's trying to go, you know, injure anybody on purpose. You know, yeah. it's, it is part of the jujitsu. You know, we have to get, we have to get tough about it too. So yeah. like, I, I, I get submitted and sometimes it doesn't feel great. And, you know, I, I applaud them. I'm like, man, good shit, man. You know, yeah. um, fist bump, let's keep on going. Um, you know, get a guy gouge to the eye, you know, things that happen, you know, knee to the mouth, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, sometimes a little Muay Thai gets sli- slid into it, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, but they don't mean it, you know, and, and I'm sure I have probably injured more people than, you know, I, I, I care to even say. So, yeah. um, and it's never been on purpose. It's just, you know, the nature of the, the, the beast really. Yeah. I mean, like I always say to people, someone hurts me. You know, everyone who's ever done anything, they've always been apologetic. And I always tell them, look, I signed a waiver. You're right. I knew right. what was going to happen. Right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we know what we're there for. Right. We're there to build off of each other. All right. We're there to make each other better. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and it's territorial, like family thing, because, you know, you have somebody come in to visit and we're going to welcome them in. Yeah. But you also keep an eye on them because it's like. All right, don't come in here rolling tough, you know, with our white belts. Don't come in here, yeah. you know, body slamming anybody. You know, again, we're in here to learn. We're in here to, like, grow. Yeah. But we ain't out here to kill. If you come in off the street and then you start trying to, like, body slam, you know, our white belts or, you know, you're rolling with one of the female purple belts. No. And then you try to get tough. It's like, God yeah. damn it. You're going to get the wrath is what's going to happen. It's like we didn't want this to be it. But it's got to be it. Yeah. You um, get the wrath. You come after the family, you get the wrath, you know. But, you know, yeah. we, we're, everyone's protective over each other as well, yes. you know, which is good. And it's supposed to be, you know. And it, it, everyone gets along. But when we, you know, bump fist and go at it, you know, we're trying to win. You know, that's really and, and improve. So things happen. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, you know, again, nothing's ill, Ill intent. Yeah. So we know. Um, Jose? Yeah. We've been doing this for a while now. Yes, sir. With, with some cut-ins and cut-outs and, and conversation before and off-air. We got to do this again, though. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It, absolutely. The this flow. Is, this is fun. Um, I appreciate it. Yep. And, and it's long overdue. We, we should have done this a long time ago. So I'm, I'm happy so, that it just miraculously happened. You know, we just connected a couple of days ago and here I am. There's no reason you should, it should have taken 151 episodes. So <laughs> right. that's just to mark that. This right. definitely goes 151. out for 151. Uh, this is the Bacardi episode. Right, right. The Bac- right. You got the Puerto Rican for the Puerto Rican rum episode. There you go. Had I thought about it, I would have done it. I was rushing home from work. Hey, send us to Bacardi. Get some yeah. endorsements. You of know. course. Of course. I, dude, I'm always trying to talk up something like, hey, so um, I got a podcast. Anytime I see anyone on the street and they talking about an interesting show, it's like, hey, I got a podcast. You trying to be on? Like, yeah, man. That's what's like, up. What you trying to do? Hey, um, we, we all learn and grow together, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, you had any shout outs or mentions you want to drop? Um, of course, you know, shout out to uh, to all the coaches and all the teammates at Crazy Eighty Eight. All the all the locations. Um, of course, um, the mothership, um, Lloyd Irving, um, Camp Springs. 
Um, you know, shout out to you, Dante, for doing your thing, you know, to keep on pushing, you know. Um, when the world pushes us, we push back. Got to. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you um, for having me on. Of course, um, a little selfish plug myself, um, you know, import mobile detailing, you know, servicing uh, the luxury luxury car vehicles um, throughout Maryland. You know, uh, look me up. Also, uh, Mighty Healthy, you know, on, on Instagram. That's my um, that's my personal channel, but I share nuggets of um of uh, wisdom on health and life and things like that as well. So um, follow me there. I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes. Yeah. I need the, the algorithm gets weird <laughs> because I haven't seen your, like I see your post once in a while and I'm like, Oh, I thought he just dropped off of social media. Then I go and like, <laughs> no, he's got tons of posts. What are we doing? So yeah. I, I think I got to go in there and like like a bunch of them, then get everything to come back into the algorithm, maybe. But yeah, it's oh, we'll, figure, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll uh, put everything in the show notes. But I appreciate you having me, man. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Thank you for making the time. Sure. And for everybody else out there listening, as always, thank you. Uh, if y'all got any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram. You can also find me off the Math Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm, I'm all over. So you like horror, uh, Clompton Bear Club, everything. Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, also, be sure to go go leave a review. Uh, I got some reviews. I would read them on air, but I forgot uh, to queue them up. But uh, go drop some reviews. I got a few of them on uh, Apple Podcasts. So go do that. Uh, you know, let people know how you feel. Unless it's bad, don't do that. Because <laughs> if you do that, I'm not reading that shit on air. Actually, yeah, leave a bad review. I'll read it on air. And I'm going to call you out, too. But... Um, I want to give a big shout out to um, my fellows over there at Nerve Rage Radio. We are fast approaching episode 400 over there. So I'm pretty fucking excited about that. Nice. Get to go hang out with the guys soon. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, uh, Ricky Ticky, um, uh, all the fellas. I need to bring the goddamn mug down here so I can read off everyone's name. But love you guys. Thank you for everything y'all do. I um, also want to give a shout out to... Um, my other podcast, So You Like Horror. We're doing horror about a decades right now, so nice. we got the 1950s coming up at the end of the week. It was a fun <laughs> one. So go check it out. Go find it on Instagram, So You Like Horror. All the words are separated by underscores. Um, and then, you know, I'm hesitant to tell you to go check out Kalampton Beer Club because sometimes I get a little, we drink on there. Check and, it out, check it out. <laughs> And sometimes we say things we probably shouldn't say and we're recording them and then we don't edit. So and then the sound quality really fucks up. So but go check it out. It's fun. If you want to have a good time and, and, you know, yell at yell at your radio and be like they don't know shit about sports. <laughs> go listen to that podcast because we, we would give our opinion on anything and we know that it's the wrong opinion. And there's no such thing as a wrong opinion, but it, it gets a little dicey. But otherwise, go check out all the podcasts in the network. Um if y'all got any uh, suggestions for topics, y'all want to be a guest, reach out to. We're friendly over here. Um, otherwise, thank you, everyone. We love you to death. Y'all keep listening, and we are going to continue to make these shows. Thank you, everyone, and bye. They Now let me see his song.